Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. And welcome into the Tuesday edition of the Steve Jones Show, News Radio 1070 WKOK, and Sean Carey. Steve checking in from the Sunbury Motors studio soon. Sunbury Motors Ford Lincoln Hyundai in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia on the Strip, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Lots of ways to stay in contact with us. Our email is stevejones at wkok.com. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, our Twitter handle at stevejonespsu. Our toll-free is 800-795-9565. And scheduled to join us today, Neil Kulong from USA Today. Get his take on the conference championship games from this past weekend. And now we count down to Super Bowl 52. He did an expose on penalties. Ah. Patriots penalties. Hmm. Now, I did some research, too. It is not overall for the season as egregious as people think. Okay. Now let's do assumptions. Where do you think the Patriots rank? Now this is for the season. And overall penalties for the season. So just the regular regular season? Regular season. 32, 32 uh, teams. I'd probably say down the middle. I'll, I'll just say 16. Actually 7th. Oh wow. 7th. Now the Steelers are 12th. Seattle's the worst. Carolina is among the best. Carolina had 83 penalties called on. You know, these are accepted penalties. Okay, accepted. Patriots, I think, were at 95. And one of the say the Steelers were at 101. Led, of course, by guess who? Guess who led the Steelers in penalties this year? Hmm. Come, come on, you can do it. Uh, I will say Alejandro Villanueva for offsides. No, 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 no. no. Like Antonio Brown had more penalties than Alejandro Villanueva. Hmm. Come on, this is an obvious one. Come on, you disappoint me. Steeler fan like you? Mm. Okay, which Steeler was the penalized the most? Just for some reason, I was thinking offensive line. <laughs> it's not even on offense, dog. Okay, so we'll go defense. Okay. Uh, Come on. I will go Artie Burns for passing. Yes! Ding, 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 ding. He, he had eight penalties against him this year. Ugh. Eight. Mm. Okay? Four of them were pass interference. These are accepted, by the way. 
So penalties that are declined, it's like they not even ever existed. <laughs> like, I think Antonio Brown was actually second. I think. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. Hope I got my fan. Hope I got my fan card back. <laughs> I don't know. I was I'm worried there for worried. a second. <laughs> no, I'm still worried. I mean, I mean, he's Artie Burns has been mentioned on the show many times. Yes, I, I figure that. Come on. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Artie Burns, man. Uh, the uh, I think uh, Antonio Brown was second. My I think third, my Juju- third, my third guess was going to be Mike Mitchell. That was going to be my third. No, guess. Mike Mitchell's way down, way down. And you know what? Ryan Shazier was only called for one penalty all year, one penalty the entire season. Well, yeah, Mike Mitchell's down the list. Now here's an issue going into the Super Bowl. We'll see what Gene wants to do about this. Gene Steratore. I know I shouldn't be using first names, but you know when you know people, you know because I mean Gene does a lot of basketball here too. He sure does. Um, the Eagles are actually up there in penalties, and the Eagles have twice as many holding penalties called on them for the season than do the Patriots. Now you're going to see that. Now even I know the Carolina thing because Carolina was the least penalized team, but normally you're going to see that with with teams that have quarterbacks that move. You're going to probably get a holding penalty or two here and there because the offensive linemen that end up in odd spots trying to trying to make blocks when the quarterback's moving so much. Now you get kind of, you get turned in a different direction and you've got to block in a different way. I mean, there, there, there's a lot to it. So sometimes when you've got quarterbacks that move, they get hit with a lot of holding penalties. And, you know, Carson Wentz moves. Uh, I mean, it's just something to think about. But but the Eagles, uh, they're in the top ten of most penalized, and the Patriots are in the top ten of fewest penalized. That is something to look out for. Yes, I know people wonder about such things. Okay, Even though the Eagles are technically the visiting team for the Super Bowl, the Patriots have elected to wear their white jerseys, so the Eagles will be wearing their home greens. Okay. I know people like, well, what uniform are they going to wear? The AFC team, because it's an even year, gets to pick the uniform. Patriots pick the white. All right. Patriots wearing white jerseys in the Super Bowl, 3-0. and Not that that means anything. Well, you'd be amazed as to the names of the players wearing the white jerseys. It's remarkable how that that you know there's a correlation between the names on the back and the success up on the board. Uh, so, twelve of the last thirteen Super Bowl champions have worn white. Yes, a remarkable number. I'm going to say Green Bay. Did no, Green Bay break that? I think against the Steelers. I think so. Yeah. I, yeah. Steelers wore. Yeah. Steelers had white, yeah. They were white when that game was played in Dallas. Or in Jerry World, yes. Yes. 
So you think wearing white jerseys is the key to winning the Super Bowl? No, I'm just bringing it up. Just oh, I, oh, I, I, oh, I know you don't. Uh, <laughs> you're actually, okay, now, the guy that was sitting in that chair before? Oh, yeah. Okay, that is now, like, making sure your cell phone tells you that you need to buy here? Uh, <laughs> he actually believed that, oh, yeah, yeah you got to wear white. You have to do it. I mean... Look at what's happening. And, and he used to drive him nuts, like, because I'm not superstitious. I'm like, what? Who cares? He says, well, what, do you sit in the same same spot in the booth? I go, no. I said, we sit in the spot where, where if the monitor's on the left-hand side and Jack can see it better, he sits there. I said, <laughs> I, said I don't change. I don't move around. I, don't, I said, look, I said, I go or No. I ask different questions. I don't ask the same ones. Do I prepare a game the exact same way? Yes, because there's a pattern to preparing a game that helps me be, quote, prepared. But no. I don't have a lucky shirt. (laughs) Lucky slacks. Something. No. No. I wear what's clean. <laughs> that's, that's usually my prerequisite. Is it clean? Good. All right, we'll wear that. Yeah, he probably would. If, <laughs> if the Steelers were still alive, he probably would bring out a mothballs, oh. the reversible 26 Woodson jersey. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Then sit in the staff meeting and have everybody look at him and go, who smells like mothballs <laughs> in here? What the heck's going on? <laughs> and he'd be looking around. Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, the uh, the Patriots will wear their white jerseys, and the Eagles will wear their green. Well, that's that's how it goes. But the penalty thing is fascinating. Let me let me tell you. Okay, let's let's just do penalties here. NFL team penalty numbers. All right. Uh, ba, 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 ba. Artie Burns was first with eight. Antonio Brown seven. Juju Smith Schuster six. David Castro was actually also at six. Three false starts and three holds. In fact, DeCastro was called for holding more than anybody else on the team, along with Juju Smith-Schuster. Let's see. Yeah. Yeah, you were asking about Mike Mitchell. Boom, 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 boom. Mitchell. Mike Mitchell. I think he only got called for one all year. I think wow. he got called for one penalty the entire season. Wow. Now, they, they don't have a stat in here for being out of position. but you know. <laughs> Whole other different topic. Uh, different different topic, different day. Yeah. Uh, bu- 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 Mike Mitchell, one penalty. So, yeah. The entire season. All right, so let's get to it's overall about- league. I was just league curious. Number. Yeah, I was just curious. I, I, the league number is just where the Eagles and the uh, Patriots uh, stack up. Yeah, like I said, the Patriots were seventh. 90, 95 penalties against them this year. Carolina was first with only eighty three. The Patriots were called this year. This is for the season. Now Neil's numbers. Uh, when we talked to Neil, Neil his USA Today article was about uh, the last five games. The Patriots had ninety five penalties. Uh, 15 false starts, 11 for offensive holding, 8 for offensive pass interference, 11 for defensive holding, only 6 for defensive pass interference. Okay? 
Uh, let's see, I got to check one other thing here. Uh, and then, you know, and roughing the passer uh, three times. That was, by the way, the Mike Mitchell penalty was a roughing the passer penalty. The Steelers are at 12, 101. The Steelers this year, whoops, Steelers this year were, let's see, 101 penalties, 896 yards. The Patriots were 835. Steelers were called for, these are accepted penalties, by the way. Let's see, the Patriots were 15 false starts, 11 holds, um, 11 defensive holds, and six pass interference, three roughing the passers. The Steelers were uh, 101, bum, 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 17 offensive holds, six more than the Patriots. They were five offensive pass interferences. Three fewer than the Patriots. Uh, Twelve defensive holding penalties. Man, yeah, Patriots were eleven, and defensive pass interference. The Steelers were six, same number as the Patriots, and roughing the passer. The Steelers were at three, same as the Patriots. All right, let's get to the Eagles. The Eagles were at one hundred and sixteen on the year, accepted penalties, which would put them at let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seventh most in the league. 116 for 962 yards. They were hit with 16 false starts. They were hit with 22 offensive holding penalties, which is second behind the Dallas Cowboys in the NFL. They were hit with only one offensive pass interference penalty. They were hit with 14 defensive holding penalties. That's a okay. That's a, that's an okay number there. And only seven uh, defensive pass interferences and only twice roughing the passer. They had five un- unnecessary roughness penalties. Let's see, illegal contact. Illegal contact is another one that you always look at. Illegal contact, Steeler. let's see, the Eagles were hit with three of those. Patriots were hit with only one illegal contact all year. The Steelers were not hit with any illegal contact penalties all season. Zero. Now, they may have been hit for it, but, you know, maybe they hit a play and it's whatever. Guess who led the Eagles in penalties? These are accepted penalties. Okay, and this is going to be a problem for them. Lane Johnson had 10. Five false starts, five holds. Remember, he didn't play the whole year. Jalen Mills hit seven, three holds, four pass interference. Uh, Vitae, six of them had two false starts, four holds. Alshon Jeffrey, a couple holds. Okay, uh, offensive pass interference. Brandon Graham, one roughing the passer. Uh, Jason Kelsey got hit for one hold. Is anybody else really egregious here? Patrick Robinson got a call for defensive holding three times, but no pass interference penalties and no illegal contacts. Uh, Timmy Jernigan had four penalties. Uh, usually just really, like, no big deal. He got called for offsides twice. Fletcher Cox, pretty clean. Fletcher Cox had five penalties uh, that were accepted. One hold. Twice he was offsides, and then two other, and I don't know what, what, what that category other means. Uh, other means stupid penalties. No, I'm just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but, yeah, that's... You know, what other happens to be? No. 
but those are the specific ones. Maybe just they're following football for a long time. You just automatically. I, Oakland has the stereotype of being the uh, team most penalized year oh. in and year out. But oh well, no, we knew Seattle was all year. I mean, Seattle was. Oakland actually was. Well, they they were ninth. All right, let's look at Seattle. I know we got to take a break here, but okay, yeah, we're good for another okay. minute. We're good. Okay. Okay, the offensive tackle Jermaine Navidi, right? He got hit with 16 penalties this year. Nine false starts, five holding penalties. Okay, Michael Bennett, 12 penalties this year. Eight times he was offsides. <laughs> Jeremy Lane, eight with four pass interferences. Justin Coleman had seven, two pass interferences, two holds. Russell Wilson got delayed game six times. Uh, Frank Clark had seven Two offsides, one roughing the passer. You're pretty specific about this, but I mean, like 16 penalties on one guy? Holy mackerel. That is a big number. Then you're looking at Carolina. Carolina had the fewest. They had 83 penalties accepted against them all season. Uh... Matt Khalil, seven times, twice holding, two false starts. David Worley had three pass interferences. Uh, James Bradbury, another DB, had uh, three holdings, two PIs. Cam Newton had three. They're all delayed game penalties. Quarterback is the one that gets assessed the delayed game penalty. I mean, so those are the you know the teams that were the most penalized and the least penalized. Anybody else you're interested in? Dolphins were second, one thirty-seven. Houston was third, one twenty-four. Niners one twenty-three. Jets one nineteen. Chiefs one eighteen. Eagles one sixteen. Bears one fifteen. Oakland one fourteen. Broncos one thirteen. Jacksonville one twelve. There's your top eleven. Most, uh, let's see, let's go. Most false starts. Uh, Seattle 22, Miami at 22, and Jacksonville at 22. Most offensive holdings. Eagles led with 22. Lions at, excuse me, the Cowboys led with 23. Eagles at 22 holdings. And 21 for Detroit. Uh, let's see, defensive holding. Texans had 24 of them, and the Saints had 24, by far the most. Uh, illegal contacts, not as many as people think. Now, remember, sometimes there's a completion on the other side of the field, and all of a sudden it's like, okay, illegal contact doesn't matter. The Jets had four. Defensive pass interference. The Bengals had 18 to lead everybody. 18. After that, it was the uh, Seahawks and the uh, Chiefs both had 13, as did the Detroit Lions. Cowboys had 12. Personal foul penalties. Look like, okay, they they must have registered it in different areas because everybody has zero. You and I both know that's not right. Like, for example, roughing the passer and so forth. Um... Roughing the passer. Houston had six to lead the way. 
Seattle at five, Jets at five, Kansas City at five. And the Chargers had five. Now, nobody knows the Chargers had five because nobody saw their games. All right. So, there you go. Interesting, though, isn't it? You kind of see how the breakdown is. I mean, they even do it by player here. We'll take a break. Come back with more in a moment here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Sometimes the truth hurts. The first two weeks of January with sub-zero temperatures put a hurting on Sunbury Motor sales. Well, bundle up and save while SMC delivers the biggest discounts imaginable. Sunbury Motors Ford wants to see you in a brand new Escape or F-150. Save up to eight grand on new Escapes starting at $20,825. Or take up to $14,500 off a new Ford F-150 starting at $25,969. Sunbury Motors Kia doesn't want you to pay a diamond interest for your new Kia. Finance a new Sorento, Sportage, Optima, or Forte for 0% for 75 months. No one has 0% for 75 months but Kia. Sunbury Motors Hyundai wants you with America's best warranty. 10 years, 100,000 miles. Plus, you can save up to $3,807 on a new Santa Fe and $3,112 on a new Hyundai Tucson. Bundle up and save at Sunbury Motors Ford, Kia, or Hyundai in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza Sunbury and Routes 11 and 15 Hummel's Wharf. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Great to have you with us today. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. All right, let's get to this day in sports history, or as Sean would say, d'histoire. You're just a bit more sophisticated. That surprises a lot of people. Especially Deb. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 1879, the National Archery Association was organized in Crawfordsville, Indiana. The Detroit Red Wings in 1944 set a record for most goals most consecutive goals and most points in a game. The Red, Win- Red Wings beat the Rangers 15 to nothing and had 37 assists in the game. 1950, the NFL owners approved unlimited substitutions. They'd use it on a trial basis in 1949. Then someone said, let's try sub packages. Whoa. Back to the Red Wings for a moment. 1966, the Wings ended a streak of 47 straight games that they won after leading after two periods. The streak had started November 21, 1964. 1982, Diana Ross, National Anthem, Super Bowl 16. That was the one play at the Pontiac Silverdome. Then Vice President George Bush goes to the game with his special guest in the limo, Joe Paterno. In a driving snowstorm, they go over, and of course, because it's the vice presidential motorcade, traffic gets backed up. Fans, not happy. 1985, O.J. Simpson becomes the first Heisman Trophy winner to be elected to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. 1988, this is a suit moment. We put this in specifically for the suit. At the Quaker State Open, Bob Benoit won a $100,000 bonus because he became the first bowler to win a televised tournament rolling a perfect 
300 game. The suit, by the way, has a banner in his high school gym, mm-hmm. denoting is what two ninety eight or something like that. It wasn't three hundred? It's like two ninety eight, two ninety nine. Close to it, yeah. Close to it, yeah. yeah. Give or take a pin. But yeah, but he but he got it. He you know he got recognized for it. Part of history. He Central Columbia Blue Jays sport, sports folklore. Absolutely. All right, let's, let's bring in Neil Kulong, USA Today. Hello, Neil. Oh, thanks for having me. You guys just brought me back to the days after Ben Roethlisberger was drafted, and I remember thinking I'm going to have to type out Roethlisberger 17 times a, a game day. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, yeah, it, I, I can do it pretty much, you know, automatic without even thinking about it now. But it's it, it, uh, it was an acquired skill. Well, I've told this story before, but I'll quickly do retell it. I'm in college at the time, college radio, and we had a guy, awesome guy, but he really struggled with names. And this was the era of Vetus Gerolitis and Guillermo Vilas in tennis. Okay, I mean Neil, not good. All right, so one day, so one day he's on doing the 11:30 sports, and then we're in college. I'm sitting in in whatever our version of an office is. And he gets to hockey. And the Montreal Canadiens beat the Toronto Maple Leafs 4-2 last night. His guy, LaFlower, had three goals. I'm like, okay. So the sports cast is over. He comes back to the office. I said, Fred. I said, I said it's, it's Guy Lafleur. I said, he goes, oh, Guy, Guy Lafleur. So, okay, sorry about that. I said, look, it's hockey. I figure I do try it simply. Think French. He goes, terrific. So the noon sports comes up a half hour later. And last night, the Montreal Canadiens beat the Toronto Maple Leafs 4-2 as Guy Lafleur had the hat trick. I'm thinking, I'm feeling pretty good in the office. The next game up was the Sabres and, and the Chicago Blackhawks. And the Sabres had a great penalty killer by the name of Don Luce. He says, and the Sabres won over the Rangers 3-2 as Don Luce. I'm like, I put my head down. I said, I can't win, Don. I just can't win. <laughs> can't win. Don Luce. All right. So the Patriots... Penalty disparity, Neil. You have done research. What does the research say? Uh, from from what I saw, and really it's a, a limited sample of just five games, but you, you saw uh, almost a four to one advantage um, in penalty yards and a three to one advantage um, in penalties themselves um, going against uh, you know in, in favor of the Patriots. And it, for for me, it's it's a small sample size, and I will concede this: that the Patriots don't really make the kind of procedural penalties that a lot of teams do. And I don't think it was necessarily a slanted game on Sunday. But when you're talking over a five-game stretch and you have that many uh, penalty yards working in your favor, there's not really a whole lot that you have to do. And if, if you put it on an even track, it just makes me wonder that they're five and zero in those games. Of course, I, I wonder where where they are if that field is a bit more even. You know, if, if the officials put the whistles away completely, which they really kind of were doing on Sunday up until at least the end of the first half. I thought that pass interference call was a little bit iffy for a crew that wasn't really calling anything all game but if if you take all of that away and you you know put them all on an even track i they just it, long story short the point that i was making is really i, I don't know how good this patriots team is i, I think they, they did a great job um in the second half against the jaguars but the jaguars were taken to the shed in the first half up until they uh, they screwed up on their final possession and ended up giving up that touchdown they were playing really well and i i really don't think the patriots are the, the dominant team um that, that we've seen of them going into a super bowl the last couple of years yeah, no, I agree with that. I, I feel the Patriots are really, really good, 
you know, because each team's its own separate entity. This this edition's really, really good. I don't think they're great. Um, now, let's get to the Steelers, because that's part of your five-game sample. How were the Steelers this year as a team with penalties? Were they in the top ten among fewest? Were they in the middle of the pack? What were they compared to, say, where the Patriots were this year? You know, that's a good question. I didn't look them up specifically, but just uh, going off the top of my head, I, I would say they're probably about the middle of the pack. Um, they, they started off pretty bad. They, they gave, got a lot of penalties, particularly on special teams early. But um, the, the procedural stuff, that, that tends to be the difference between the most penalized and the least penalized teams. You're probably going to get, I know everyone hates NFL officials, but you're probably going to get roughly the same amount of pass interference calls across the board. It's illegal procedure, false start. Um, you know, in the, the Jaguars case, a delay of game coming out of the timeout. The, the sloppy, undisciplined teams make more of those. And I think the Steelers are probably closer on that side, but they, I, I don't think they were, you know, one of the most egregious teams of the season. But that's definitely something I'm going to look up. Uh, let's go 13, 101. I looked it up. The Patriots were seventh at 95. Fewest was Carolina at 83. Wow. So, total number of penalties. Uh, I can even give you the penalty breakdown, too, as to what some of these things are. The Patriots had 95 penalties for 835 yards this year. Uh, the Seahawks were the worst at 148 for 1,342 yards. Wow, that's got to be that's got to be pretty historic. That's a huge amount of penalties. Patriots a game. Yeah, the Patriots were called for six defensive pass interference penalties the entire season. The Steelers were also called for six. Yeah, I think that that probably adds up. Um, I mean, so I, that's I would imagine the, right. That's even the Patriots a lot more than the Steelers. Uh, false start Patriots fifteen times this year. Steelers fifteen times. Wow, yeah, pretty even then. I mean, so it's, in, in, it, yeah, it's yeah, not as crazy as people think. And I mean, I know what you did. You did good work. You took a five game sample against, except for the Jets, all playoff teams. Yep, that, that was it. Was really that more than anything? And you look at those games; a lot of them were really um, they, they they were competitive. The Patriots got behind in a few of them. They didn't take walk through any of them. So when when you scale to little things, you have to kind of figure that the penalty yard is to some degree is going to come into it. And that you know, to, to the Patriots' credit, and to kind of scratch your head a little bit, they they had a, a pretty uh, significant advantage um, against all of those teams. No doubt. No doubt. Now, by the way, guess who the worst was on being called? Now, they, these are accepted penalties, by the way. Defensive pass interference. The Bengals, 18 times. Wow. Wow. That's, that's substantial. That's a huge, huge amount of pass interference penalties. Wow. You really don't. I mean, typically, you know, people talk about pass interference probably the most often just because it's typically on a, a, a deeper pass down the field. Um, but for, for you probably don't see more than maybe one or two of those games tops. That, that's a pretty aggressive game. Right. And in most cases, they're going to call both teams to kind of show them this is how we're going to call it. Um, you, you get sort of an offsetting course, but you have them, you know, flagged on both sides if the game is competitive and they're, they're getting kind of handy down the field. They'll call it on both just to, to kind of, you know, level the playing field and show them this is what we're going to call, this is what we're not going to call. Um, it, for, for one team to have that many, that, that's really sloppy. That's, and that's very much uh, Bengals football this year. Texans and Saints each called for 24 defensive holding penalties this year. Patriots were called for 11, Steelers 12. Offensive holding. Now this is where a big. This is a big difference here, though. The Patriots were only called for 11 offensive holding calls that were accepted this year. 
Uh, the Steelers will call for 50, let's see, 17. That's six more in the 16-game schedule. Uh, who was the worst? Let's see. The Eagles were at 22. Oh, that's bad for the Eagles. They had 22 of them. <laughs> 22 of them going into the Super Bowl against a team that had 11. Okay. I was going to say, with withholding with in particular, you're going to see, I'll bet Seattle's pretty high on that list as well. Uh, they, they, their quarterbacks six, move around a bunch. 16. They're going to get more holding calls. Yeah, 16. Yeah, and, you know, Roethlisberger and Brady are pretty much, you know, staples of the pocket. They're not really escaping a right. lot. Um, it, it, that doesn't surprise me, especially considering how good both of those offensive lines are and, and how well they're coached. Those are probably the two best offensive line coaches in football. Okay. Um, could be the, could be the two best position coaches in football, even. But here's the odd part. Carolina was only called for eight or accepted eight. That's, that's weird. I mean, you're not, you're not declining holding all that often. Right. I, I can't imagine that that situation plays enough to, to say eight is probably right around the amount they got flagged for, but, yeah, that, that's that's crazy. That's a you know perhaps a perhaps a, a you know kind of a, a microcosm of the Panthers' season. You know they're really up mm. and down team, very dangerous to play, yeah. but a lot of times they really just imploded. Yeah, that was ten percent of their penalties this year. They had eighty three called, eight of them were holding. Nine, wow, nine were pass interference. Um, they made mistakes everywhere else. All right, so <laughs> all right. So you watched how it played out over the weekend. Now, just, you know, well, we'll look, we'll steal you before the Super Bowl. It's what we do. We steal your time all the time. Uh, <laughs> so, what do you think about at least initially of the matchup? I, to be honest with you, I, I was really surprised at the, the opening line coming out five and a half to the Patriots. I'll, I'll take that all day. I'm yeah. not. I'm not convinced the, the Patriots are the better team here. I'm really not. And if you look at the way they played in their respective championship games, I'll take Philadelphia all day. And Philadelphia ran a train through Minnesota. And yeah. That was that was nasty. They were clicking in, in all phases of the game. Um, I, I don't think Doug Peterson gets enough credit for as good a coach as he is and how uh, he, he's maximized the talent on the field. I think Jim Schwartz, if, if he doesn't get another head coaching job this year, he will soon if he can back up a, a very nasty defense. Mm-hmm. Philadelphia's defense is not, if it is at all, it's not a significant step lower than Jacksonville. And the Patriots in the first half of that game were, were just getting crushed in the trenches. I, I think Philadelphia has you know an advantage um, on their offensive line versus New England's defense, and they have the advantage um, defensive line versus uh, New England's offensive line. So with that, you have to win the game in the trenches on one side of the ball to win a championship. In my opinion, you have to have that. Um, recent, you know, the past couple of Super Bowl matchups, to me, that that was the biggest factor. The offensive and defensive lines of the Super Bowl champions were considerably better, in my opinion. It's kind of a, a tale of two games for, um, you know, New England and Atlanta last year, but offensive and defensive, you know, that the half that each of those teams won, it was because of their lines. And I, I think Philadelphia just has too much firepower up front for a, a, a New England front to really be able to hold them off for a consistent amount of time. I think Philadelphia can get a lead on them, and, and it's going to be tough to score uh, against a team like that when you're when you're coming from behind, even if you are Tom Brady. Yeah, because they have the running game to back it up. I mean, this is where you know, the Patriots had LeGarrette Blunt. They don't have him anymore. You get to the fourth quarter, it becomes a closer type type of player for you. Uh, but I give Belichick and his staff this, this kind of credit. If I had to, in a rough Area to say who who are among the top eight players for the Patriots. In my list, it would include Rob Gronkowski, uh, Dante Hightower, and Julian Edelman. Well, you know, essentially in the second half of that game, we, they played without three of those guys. They still figured out a way to win. 
Now, again, yep. field, field position played a huge role. I mean, let's not pretend Brady took them 150 yards on the final drive to win and everybody goes crazy. It was a 30-yard drive. They were already in field goal position to tie when they got the ball. Yeah, I mean, with that, too, Jacksonville, I mean, it's, they're, they're an up-and-coming team. I thought they Maroney had yeah. a great script for them right away, very much like what Atlanta did, but they ran out of plays. Yeah. They really just, they're not a dynamic offense in any way, shape, or form. And in the end, that, that's really what killed them because they're running the ball literally every first down. It, it, yeah. they, they pretty much have to. You know, they don't have enough passing game to back them off. They have to win on the ground. They have to kill clock. But they, they just couldn't make enough plays to, to, you know, extend drives a little bit longer the way they did in the first half. And that's largely because they just, they don't really have any offensive talent. That's not a great offensive team. Um, I thought Bortles did a great job. He stepped up and made a, a couple big throws for them. And that play that Gilmore made at the end was just otherworldly. Yeah, <laughs> that was a phenomenal play for the Jaguars. So you give them credit for fighting as long as they did. But yeah. it was, to me, it was kind of obvious in the third quarter. Like they, they're out of gas. They don't have enough. Right. Patriots are just going to lean on them the rest of the way. And in typical Belichick coach fashion, they're going to make special teams be a factor in the game. And well, it, it absolutely was. And it was. Yeah. And then not only that, this is where you see, for example, all right, you don't have Julian Edelman, but you, now you got Cooks, now you got Amendola, you got Hogan, so you got depth to do it. This is where not having Allen Robinson, I thought, really hurt Jacksonville. He took away a guy that the Patriots would really have to sit back and say, wait a minute, this guy deserves a lot of respect here. And that, you know, Now he was out all year, but that's the kind of game where he makes a difference in the game. Yeah, absolutely. And that, that's really the value of a receiver. It's, it's a guy that you can confidently get the ball nine times to in the game and didn't, you know, legitimately expect him to catch seven of them. Um, Robinson's a great player, very underrated player in the NFL. And, uh, he's he's going to change a lot of that offensive dynamic next year, and I, I think Jacksonville is a team that you have to look out for, um, is, you know, going into next season. But this game was really, you know, to me, it was like, you know, you, you, you've won your consolation prize. Now it's, you know, your your chance to get some big game experience. They're just not going to have it overall to, to beat a team like New England. But they they gave them a great game. You know, yeah. really, I think uh, yeah. defensively, if they wouldn't have played often so much, if they weren't so afraid of getting beat deep late, which is a very you know common um, you know coaching assessment. Most people will say that play off the receiver because you're up by. 10 points in the fourth quarter. You don't typically you know, want to press them and, and you know, lead, uh, get forced into a big play. But if I was Jacksonville in that case, that's what I would have done. I just, you know, keep punching him in the mouth. He's got nothing to lose. If, if you really think the Patriots are going to beat you deep consistently, I, you know, I don't know what to tell you, but you, you don't trust your own team. I, I think that was a, a tactical mistake that I wish I didn't see, but I wasn't surprised by it. All right, one quick uh, question, uh, trivia question before we exit. Which player led the Steelers in accepted penalties this year? Oh, you can do this. Uh, Artie Burns. Oh, yes. Yeah, we have a winner. Yeah. Eight. He, he probably had, yeah, seven or eight would be my guess. Eight, four pass interferences, and one holding. <laughs> oh, Artie, Artie, Artie. Um, I, I was just telling somebody this earlier. It's just, you know, looking at the Steelers draft, heading into the draft, it's really unfortunate to see Sean Davis and Artie, Day, Artie Burns yeah, playing as if they're still rookies. They have two full seasons under their belt. In their last game, they played like rookies. Yeah. It's like it's, uh, something's got to change. By the way, Ryan Shazier, one penalty called on him all year. All right. Thanks, Neil. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. <laughs> Took him one try. One. One. I bounced back nicely. Got it on the did. second no. one. No, you did. Again. I know he has a tendency to live in the past, but the suit was relieved that neither answer was Jerome Bettis or <laughs> Troy Polamalu. 
Just so you know, it's impossible for them suit to get penalties. They don't play anymore. All right. We'll come back with more in a moment here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. You're listening to News Radio 1070 WKOK Sunbury. You can hear us anywhere in the world with the Sunbury Broadcasting Corporation app. 